Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim again with you today. And again today, we are blessed to have a special friend of mine from India. Uh, we've known each other for many years. His name is Benu Thampi, and uh, he's preaching uh, today uh, at our church. And it's just such a blessing to have him, and I'm so thankful for him. And how, how many things that uh, we have enjoyed together in, uh, in serving God. So today's message is on how to have a cause. Like our lives matter, your life matters. And uh, I'm just really thankful for what Benu is about to share with us today on that you have a purpose, you have a cause, and we need to, we need to find that higher cause that God, God has for our lives. So welcome, uh, Pastor Benu. Hi, Real Life Church. Believe you're all doing well. What a great joy, what a great privilege for me to come and share God's word again with you this week as well. I want to thank uh, Pastor uh, Tim and Amy and the whole leadership team uh, for uh, having me here and uh, for giving me this opportunity to share God's word with all of you. Amen. And uh, right now I am here uh, in Montrose uh, with you and I'm flying out uh, today evening uh, back to India. So please do uh, keep us in your prayers. Amen. Well, uh, I'm Binu Tambi as Pastor uh, Tim introduced me and uh, my wife Dina and three of our kids together we live in the city of Calcutta. We've been there for about 16 years serving God in uh, different capacities that God has entrusted us there and uh, just been experiencing the goodness, favor and the blessing of God, the protection of God through lots of challenging and uh, tough times that we have had to encounter but all glory and honor to God. Amen. So uh, today I've got a word in my heart for you and I'm really excited about this because this is not just a message but this is actually coming out of my life and I'm really excited to share that with you and I believe it will uh, inspire us, challenge us, motivate us and encourage us, amen, to keep moving forward, to keep pursuing God's plan and purpose in our lives, amen, and through whatever we do that we really find God's plan and purpose for our life. So I've titled today's message, Living for the Greatest Cause. Amen. Let me say that again. Living for the greatest cause. <clears throat> I want to read a, a portion of scripture from the book of 1 Samuel uh, and chapter 17 and verse 29. It's a very short verse. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 29. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? I want to give you a little bit of context to this. This is where David comes uh, to deliver goods for his brothers that his father and his father sent him. And uh, the battle between the Philistines and Israel is going on and the champion of the Philistines, Goliath, comes and he's been challenging the people of God for about 40 days and nobody is able to fight him. And when David comes, he sees this and he asks around, what's going on? And uh, what, you what will you get for the person who takes this giant down? So when people tell him, uh, all that his brother the older brother Eliab comes and says hey what are you doing here you know you're not supposed to be here you know you're just a shepherd you got to go back I know you're very deceitful in your thinking and uh, you know you know you want to come come and uh, poke your nose into things that you are not supposed to be doing so that's the language that his brother speaks to him basically tells him to go back that's when David says what have I done now is there not a cause Amen. And I believe that is very inspiring and very challenging. Amen. And, uh, you know, let me read one more portion of scripture before we go forward. It's found in John chapter 18 
and verse 37. John 18 verse 37. Jesus tells to Pilate, For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into this world. Amen. And Jesus, uh, even though he was accused of many different things, he really makes this very profound statement, very profound statement and says, For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into this world. Now this very clearly says that God has a real plan for this world. If Jesus said, I was born for this cause and uh, you know, I'm going to die for this cause, that means God is doing something. God is on a mission. God is very actively doing something in our world. And we need to jump on board with what God is doing. Amen. <clears throat> now let's come back to David's story. Now David tells his brother, what have I done? What wrong did I do? Is there not a cause? Is there not a greater plan here? You know, are we not right now in a place where our nation is at stake? Uh, it's not about you and me. It's not about me being a shepherd. It's not about my title. It's not about you are older, I'm younger. It's not about that. It's not time to think like that. We are right now in a place where we are in a battlefield. And our nation, our future, everything is at stake. Now, if you're going to lose to this guy, our whole nation is going to go back into slavery. Don't you see where we are at? Amen. Is there not a cause? Now, when everybody else was part of enrolled in the army, when they all had their jobs in the army, here is one person, even through that, he recognizes and he discerns that there is a bigger cause. There's a, a larger cause that I'm part of. And I believe it's very important for us to have a discerning eye in this season, in this time to see and recognize what's going on and for us to connect ourselves to the larger cause. Amen. To the bigger cause that is going on. Amen. To what God is doing in this world. And I believe we have to have our eyes open, our ears open, our minds open to know what God is doing. Amen. Because many times, see, the enemy is trying to keep you away from the main thing. And keep you busy in the smaller battles of life. Enemy's job is always not trying to destroy our life, but he wants to distract us. Amen. If he can get you distracted, if he can get you out of focus, if he can keep you busy in the smaller, smaller battles of life, he is winning the bigger, the bigger battle. Amen. Now that's where we got to be careful. Now here, David's brother was trying to get into this ego fight. You know. Trying to prove his supremacy there. Many times, you know, in our life, we all get pulled down into the small thinking of other people. We get pulled down into small fights. We get pulled down into verbal uh, fights and uh, arguments that goes on. And that becomes the main thing. And you forget what the main thing was all about. Amen. How many times has it happened in our families? You know, arguments. You know, it starts off with something that is really important. But in the middle of discussing the important thing, Somebody says something that is offensive or something out of place. And then that becomes the main thing. And then later on, something else becomes the main thing. Then you completely forget about what the main thing was all about. And I believe it's time that the church wakes up to what the main thing is. Amen. That we put our differences aside. We put the smaller things aside. Then you come, you know, we surrender our lives and we get on with what God is doing in this world. Amen. Now, a person with a cause... Now, there are some characteristics that you can learn from David here. Now, <clears throat> a 
person with the cost might be curious about the rewards, but he doesn't care too much about the rewards. I mean, he was, David was curious about what will you get. Bible talks a lot about rewards too, but it's not about the rewards. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. It's not about the things that is going to be added to us, but it's about seeking the kingdom of God. Amen. It's about seeking the righteousness of God. It's putting God first in our life. And when God adds, when God blesses, let him do that in his own time. But that is not the main thing. Amen. Many times we focus on the second aspect. Oh, if I do this, I'll get that. So in order to get that, I'll do this. It's not about that. Amen. We do it because we are part of a wider cause. We want to get on board with what God is doing. This world is too small. This world, the time in this world is too short. It passes away very fast and we only get one shot at life. Let's invest our life into something that is worthwhile. Amen. Now, a person with a cause is not concerned about what others think of him when he embarks on his mission. You know, fear of man is a big trap. David was not concerned about what other people think about him, what Saul thought about him, you know, what, what people thought when he came with the sling and stones, you know, what, how people would look at him uh, or look down on him because of his age, because of his qualification, because of his background, because of what he had. Amen. A person with a cause is not concerned about all those things. Now, the cause gives Courage to a person to overcome the fears that freezes him from within. Now, what gives you the courage? Bible says to be strong and courageous. Now, in order for us to be courageous, I believe we need to have a cause in our life. Amen. Now, a mother whose children are under attack, she's not scared about fighting the people who are actually trying to attack her kids. Why? Because she has a cause. Amen. Many times, you know, we become uh, timid, we become intimidated. Because we lack a cause in our life. Now, it's a cause that gives you the courage. Amen. And uh, you see that throughout the Bible, how people stood up, they became valiant because they had something bigger to fight for. Amen. And I believe we need to discern that and recognize that. Now, the next thing about the cause is that the cause will help him to fight the opposition from within and the battle on the outside. Now, we all have things that are going on on the inside. And there are battles on the outside. David was in Ziklag and people wanted to kill him. His own people wanted to stone him. So he had to find his strength in God. He was able to overlook what people thought about him. The things people said against him. The people uh, that he had raised up who wanted to kill him. Those words could have hurt him. But because of the cause. Because there was a greater cause at stake. He was able to overlook all that. Amen. Look beyond that. Not allow those things to hurt him, to pull him down, to react because, or to take revenge, to be vengeful. Amen. Why? Because he realized there's a cause. Amen. Church, there's a cause that we are part of. Amen. We can put everything else aside and focus and move forward together because there is a cause. And we can fight the battles. We'll have the courage and the uh, uh, strength to fight the battles on the outside as well because there is a cause. Amen. Now the cause will also energize him not only to live with conviction and sacrifice his comforts but also to lay down his life for it. Amen. Now what energizes you to come out of your comfort zone and to live your life with conviction in the middle of so much temptation uh, and pressure to compromise it's a cause. It's a cause. We got to have a bigger cause. Amen. 
and it will help you to lay down your life for it. You know, many people look for something to live for and something to die for. Some, what's something worth that I can live, that I can give my life for? And what is something worth that I would even love to lay my life for it? Amen. I think everybody would love to have something like that. Amen. And we need that in our life. Now, uh, I will come to that a bit later. But, see, we need to live our life with a greater purpose. We got to know that, you know, not just be caught up in the daily routine of life, but we need to know that we need to live with a greater purpose in our life. Now, we all have a function in life, but we also have a purpose in life. Let me explain that to you. You know, you have a function in your life and you also have a purpose in your life. Now, let me uh, explain that. What is function? Function is what you do to live. You know, you got to do something to live to earn money for your daily living. Now, we all have that function. We need to have some kind of a function where you can function, where your family can function. Amen? So function is what you do to live. Now, what's purpose? Now, purpose I'm defining as, as purpose is what you live for. Amen? That's not something you do to live. Purpose is something that you live for. That is your passion. That is what drives you. That's what energizes you. That is what... Uh, you know, you want to lay down your life for, you know, that's your purpose. And see, sometimes these two things can overlap. You know, your function, what you do to live can also be something that you live for. Amen. Some people get to do that. But most time, these are two separate things. Amen. And we need to make that distinction and see, okay, my, I don't want, my, want me to just focus on my function in life. But I also want to make sure that I'm part of the grand purpose of God. You know what God is doing in this world. Now our purpose in life is not to make money or to go higher in life or to become influential so that you can have a good house, a good car, a good lifestyle, send kids to good schools, go to holidays and have a lot of investments and so on. These are all good things. But this is not why you go get a job. This is not, this is not your purpose in life. I mean you got to have a job to have all these things. But our purpose in life is not so you're making money and you know becoming influential and becoming famous and going higher in life so that you can have all these things. You need these things, but you got to see how you can use these things, the resources that you have, the influence that you have, the abilities that you have, the connections that you have, you know, whatever you have, the knowledge that you have, how can you use that for a bigger purpose? Amen. In your life. We live in a fallen world and we experience all the negative effects of living in a fallen world. Amen. Therefore, the purpose is always connected with the redemption and reconciliation of God's creation. Now your purpose, if you're searching for a purpose in life, let me tell you this. Your purpose in life as a believer is always connected with the redemption and reconciliation of God's creation. Now we are God's creation. This world is full of God's creation. Now, we have to be connected in some way of redeeming God's creation and reconciling God's creation back to himself. God is in the business of reconciling people and all of God's creation back to himself. Amen. When Jesus was 12 years old, you know, he, to his parents, I mean, he, he stayed back in the temple after the festival and his parents went, you know, three days journey. And then they realized that Jesus wasn't there and they came back and they found him talking to uh, Pharisees and uh, scribes and people who are in the temple 
And uh, when the parents told him, why don't you come with me? You know, why, why did you stay back? And Jesus told them, I am about my father's business. Now, at the age of 12, you know, a son actually gets into the same trade in the Jewish uh, tradition. He gets into the same trade with his father and then uh, he learns that trade from the father. So at the age of 12, Jesus, recognizing his heavenly father, he stayed back in the temple and he said, I'm about my father's business. Amen. Now, what is a father's business? At the age of 30, Jesus, when he called the first disciples, he said, follow me. You know, they were fishing. They were fishermen. Their business was fishing. So he said, leave that, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So men, people. So God's business is all about reconciling people and all of God's creation back to himself. Now listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through to 23. He talks about creation. Amen. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Isn't that amazing? That there is something better God has in store for you. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruit of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So it says very clearly that the whole world, humans, animals, creation, everything is waiting for something better. God is doing something. God is recreating. God is redeeming. That is what God is doing. Amen. Bible says that, you know, the creation groans and it is eagerly waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Amen. Now we who also have the first fruit of the spirit, we also are groaning because this world is not complete. It is not fully redeemed yet. Amen. So what it says here is that God is doing something that is redemptive and reconciliatory in this world. And that is why our purpose in life is always has to be connected with the redemptive purpose of God. Amen. And what God is doing to reconcile the world back to himself. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 17 through to 20, he makes it even more clear. He talks about our mission. Amen. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Isn't that amazing? It talks about the whole aspect of redemption and reconciliation. That is what God is all about. Then it says, verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Amen. See, that is our message. And that is our mission. And we need to find a place in the whole redemptive plan of God. And the plan of how God is reconciling everything back to himself. How you fit into that. Amen. Now, it's when we recognize that we, are part, we have a part to play in God's plan of redemption. That we begin to align our life to what God is doing. Amen. Now you got to recognize that you have a part to play, that God is doing something and then you have a part to play in the whole uh, grand scheme of God. 
Only then you can align your life. You look at yourself and say, what can I do? What do I have? What are my capabilities? You know, what is the area where I can fit in? It's like in the army. You know, there are drivers, there are plumbers, there are electricians, you know, there are fighters, there are engineers, there are doctors, there are nurses, there are uh, people before communication, there are engineers, there are IT people. You know, they all have different skills. But if you ask them, where do you work? What do you do? They will all say, I'm in the army. I work for the Indian army or the US army. Um, because that is our mission. That is their mission. And what they do comes within the larger framework of, la of their grand purpose. Amen. So we are doing something for God. That is our grand purpose. We are in the Lord's army. Amen. We are doing something for God. And what you do and the capabilities that you have, you got to see how you can align that to what God is doing. Amen. See, when you're connected to what God is doing, that's when our life has value. Amen. That's when our life has meaning. Amen. Because you're not just doing something independently by yourself, just for yourself and your family. But you're looking beyond those walls. You're looking, uh, you are an outward looking person looking at the grander scheme of God and seeing how you can align what you have and what, uh, uh, you know, you are blessed with so that you can be part of what God is doing. Amen. Now, there are some, several instances in the, in, in the instances in the Bible, several, several people in the Bible, when they understood that, when they recognized that God is doing something, they were able to align their life to God. Let's listen to what uh, Mordecai says to Esther in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. He says, he tells Esther, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. See, recognizing the grand plan of God, recognizing where you are at, recognizing what I have in my hand, and then connecting that to what God is doing. And you know what happened through that. Amen. Now Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. A man who realized about the grand scheme of God and taking the message uh, of God's plan and God's purpose to the Gentiles and his life is all about Christ. Later on in chapter 3 he says, you know, whatever is gained for me, I count it as rubbish so that I might gain Christ, a man who found his cause. Amen. Now in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39, Jesus says, tells this to the disciples. He says, he who finds his life will lose it. He who finds his life will lose it. He who goes after his own thing, trying to find joy and peace and prosperity and happiness in his own doing, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. That means a person who is not just, who is detaching himself from the purpose of God is going to lose it because he's going after his own thing. But a person who connects his life and his resources, his talents, and uh, his time to the purpose of God. When you connect that to the purpose of God, Jesus says, you will find it. Amen. It's in the bigger scheme of God's purposes, we find our purpose. Amen. We find our meaning in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, Apostle Paul again says, this is a very significant part. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, 
then all die. See how Paul thinks? He thinks, because Jesus died for me, that means I have no more options or no more uh, right to live for myself because I was supposed to be on that cross. I was supposed to be eternally separated from God and Christ died for me. Therefore, I died. He says that if one died for all, then all died. We are dead people. Amen. <laughs> and he died for all. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that a great invitation to join a cause? To lay down our life? To live for something bigger? He says, And he died for all that those who live, we live. But we should not live any longer for ourselves. Don't live for ourselves. Who are you living for? What are you living for? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for the one who died for you and rose again? Amen. Now, when we connect our life, you know, through whatever we are doing, it's not that we have to leave our job and go somewhere else. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Bible teaches. Now, it's about recognizing God's plan and aligning your life to God's plan. Amen. In whatever you are doing, you know, being a, a, a father, a husband, what's your role in your family? Do that. Connect. Don't detach yourself from God's plan in your family. God has a plan for your family. God has a plan for your children. And that's why God has kept you there. So that God's plan can be outworked through your generations. Amen. Be faithful in that. At your workplace. Go to work thinking that's my mission field. I'm supposed to be a blessing. God has told me that, you know, that, you will, that God will make us a blessing to other people. And where does it start? It starts with your home. It starts in your community. It starts in your workplace. Amen. And that is where you got to be a blessing. That's where God's plan has to be outworked through your life. You know, there's this girl called Julia. She was a nurse in a northern part of uh, our country. And uh, one day when she was visiting her patients, she found this uh, really wealthy man from another religion and who didn't believe in Jesus. But he was on his deathbed. You know, he was a young person. He had a young family. And he was so, they were, the whole family was grieving and so desperate. They did not know what to do. You know, as Julia walked into that room, Holy Spirit told her, you know, I've got an answer for this man. I want you to pray for him. And I'm going to heal him. And uh, when there was a quiet time, she came into the room and she told him about Jesus. She told him about the power of God. She told him about the testimony she had in her life and that God, Jesus loves him. And she asked him whether he, she can, you know, pray for him. And obviously he agreed because he was in a place where he didn't have any other options. So this girl laid hands on him and prayed for him. And nothing happened at that time. And after her shift, she went back home. And the next day when she came, to her amazing surprise, the man was already discharged. He was completely healed of his sickness. And they were waiting in the car park for Julia to start her shift so that she would come. They wanted to say goodbye to her. And that led that person to the Lord. Amen. See, she didn't have to go anywhere else. Wherever she was, God began to use her. Now, there's another man that I knew when I was a little kid. Now, he was from America. And after he was retired, he found another job. Because he understood a cause. He wanted to... He wanted to invest his life and his resources and everything into winning people for Jesus. So he found a second job as a person who would Xerox photocopy, you know, and every penny that he got, he would send that back to India. 
And that is how the ministry of New New Church of God began to grow. Amen. So little amounts of money. He connected himself for the next 10-15 years of his life. Until he almost passed away, he worked and he went because he found a greater cause. Amen. That's what that cause can do to you. Now, what you have right now, what you have right now, why do you have what you have right now? Amen. And I believe what you have right now is to take you to the next level. You know, many times we have this attitude that uh, I need to accumulate and hoard for the rest of my life. That's not how kingdom works. You know, God always gives you something to take you to your next step in your destiny. And when you get to the next step, he will give you something else for the next step. Amen. So you give the best right now. You live with a heart of giving what you have right now. Giving your best. Now when um, David came to fight Goliath, he only had those sling and stones. So he used what he had at that stage. And we, when he brought the giant down, he went to him and then he got something else. He stopped using his sling and stones. Then he took Goliath's sword. So at the next level, you have something else that you are going to use. So he used Goliath's own sword to cut his head off and kill him. Many times we feel, oh, we got to have everything right now for us to go through life. No, you start with what you have right now. You use that so that it is to help you to get to the next level. This is an amazing principle that I'm learning in my life. Amen. And that is why we live by faith. Today, God has given us something. It is to take us to the next step. When you get to the next step, God will resource you. God will give you something. God will connect you with people. He will show you the answers to get to the, get to the next place. Amen. Now, when in Cana, they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. They didn't have anything. But Jesus was there. He gave them something better. Amen. Now, the boy with the uh, few loaves of bread and fishes, I mean, he had something for himself. But when he gave what he had, what happened was that he became part of something that he could never have imagined. You know, one of the greatest miracles that Jesus did then became part of his story. He got connected to the grand scheme of God. God wants you to be focused on your greater purpose as you go through your daily life. Amen. Be focused on your greater purpose. What is that purpose in life? Amen. When you find that cause, you will give everything that you have towards it. You know, my dad was like that. He found Jesus or Jesus found him and he was able to give his life, every aspect of his life. Everything he did it was because of the cause, was not for an organization, was not for fame, but he gave his life for a cause. He went through all kinds of problems. Now, I was 19 years old when I found this cause. When my life was trans transformed, that's when I found a cause in my life. And last 16 years of our life, we were able to give our everything. You know, move to a city uh, which is uh, completely, uh, you know, uh, difficult and uh, completely in a place where there's so much of darkness and all those kind of stuff. But, you know, when you are about a cause, all those things become secondary. Your challenges, your problems will go into the background. When you're focused on it, God opens amazing doors in our life. Amen. And in the last uh, 16 years of being there, we're kind of looking at our halfway mark and seeing how we were able to train hundreds and hundreds of young men and women to serve God. We were able to plant over 135 churches in villages, towns and cities. We were able to have a presence in ministry in seven different states. 
and two surrounding nations, started informal schools several slums, in several slums of Calcutta, educating hundreds of kids, started daily feeding programs to feed people who don't have food. You know, we have four skill training programs reaching over 800 young people in the slums to find jobs each year. Started sports training coaching where we train hundreds of young people. You know, mobile medical units where we treat over 1,200 people every month. You know, we pioneered a church in the city in 2015 and are reaching many people for Jesus. We still live in a rented apartment. You know, we don't have or own any of our own things. That is secondary because everything that we need, God provides. And whatever is, whatever is needed for God's purpose, also God, God provides. Amen. Amen. And the reason I am saying this is, it's not just a message. I'm experiencing that in my life. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to get connected with God's greater plan. Amen. God is inviting you today. When Jesus says, if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. He is inviting you to be part of what God is doing in this world. Will you connect your life to what God is doing? You know, David told his brother, is that not a cause? Can't you see that we are at that point in history where we can't be satisfied with where we are at and thinking about ourselves? Amen. Let's understand the cause. Now, Elisha tells Naaman, the man with leprosy, that, you know, he didn't want any of the gifts or riches, but his servant goes back and collects those things deceitfully from him. And when Elijah realizes that he was trying to make money and he was trying to, you know, his, his focus was on material things. He was not focused on the things of God. He was not thinking about what God was doing, but he was just concerned about himself. That's why he did it. And when Elijah realizes that, he tells him, Did not my heart go with you when, you, when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? Olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. Amen. Isn't that challenging? See, when you discern the times and discern the cause of God, we go to the background and the cause of God comes to the front. Amen. The greatest cause to live for is the cause of the kingdom of God. What God is doing, it is something eternal, something of great value. Jesus said, do not invest in this world. Do not live for this world. But invest in heaven. Be rich towards God. Amen. So let's even as even even as we are living in this world and working and doing our bit in this world, you know, to do everything we need to do, let us not take our eyes off the bigger purpose of what God is doing in this world. Amen. Is there not a cause? Amen. There is a cause, something that God is doing. And let me encourage you, get plugged into, get connected to what God is doing in this world. May God bless you. And let me just pray with you as we close. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we commit this time into your hands. Thank you, Lord, for your great plan and your purposes, that you have chosen us to be part of what you are doing. Lord, we surrender our lives once again. Lord, help us to lose our life for your sake, so that we might gain true life. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you Pastor Tim and Amy and the leadership for having me. God bless you and have an amazing week ahead. Amen.